G'day and welcome to On The Road. My name's Scott Gibbons and On The Road is your show. It's a show where we, we travel, we go all around this great nation of ours, we talk about caravans, we talk about motorhomes, we talk about tents, places we can go, places we can see, places we can enjoy and it's just a fun show. So if you're ready to go on the road, I'm ready to go on the road, let's go on the road together, here we go. Uh, g'day, it's Scott Gibbons, and we are here. We're on the road. We're on the road with you, and it is so good. Now, the funniest place at the moment, not funny in a ha-ha way, but funny in a sad way, is Victoria, because they're going through so much. But in going through all of that, they still have the Victorian Caravan and Camping Show virtual. They've got a virtual show on. So now, all of us who are in all the other states, and we've been hanging out for somewhere to go and see the latest products and the latest models and all the things, we can do it. And we've got to say thanks to the Victorians, because the Victorian... Now, write this down. Write this down, the Victorian Caravan and A-N-D Camping Virtual, V-I-R-T-U-A-L show.com.au. So Victorian Caravan and Camping Virtual Show.com.au. You go onto that site, you can log in and you can do it all. Now it's starting on Wednesday, 7 a.m., Wednesday the 2nd of September. That's this year, 2020. And it's going to go all the way through until Sunday the 6th of September, 2020 at 11.50 p.m. So the beaut thing is, the beaut thing is you're not restricted to hours because it's open 24 hours on the days for you. So 24 hours, you can go in there anytime you like and you can go in there from the comfort of your home they've got a whole wide range of products and they've got everything they've got over 100 exhibitors getting involved with this so it's terrific you can directly chat if you wish to some of the caravan and camping experts and there's terrific prizes that you can win as well now how much does it cost it's free it's free so you've just got to go on there and register. So you've got it all. So you can compare and explore the latest in the caravans and the motorhomes and the camper vans and the camper trailers. Loads more if you want. They've got an extensive range of camping equipment and boating and fishing and the products and the accessories. And you can explore travel destinations with their tourism exhibitors that they've got involved with it as well. You can get the best industry services. You've got finance, insurance. It's all there for you. And you can, again, you can chat with industry experts in their webinars and at their exhibitor booths. So it's, you can get all your questions answered. It's terrific. So it's there'll be special show pricing, but the cost of getting involved is free. It's free, but there's special show pricing. The exhibitors are making sure that you're going to be uh, doing really well over that five days of the show. So that's terrific. So it's your passport to freedom. So you just do it. You do it. Now, they say that there's five reasons to attend. I reckon there's so many more, but they there's no waiting in line. You don't have to get a parking spot. You don't have to wait in line. You can just compare and explore and just do it all from the comfort of your home, from your computer, from your tablet, wherever you are. And you can do it 24 hours a day, so you don't even have to take time off work. Then you can ask the exhibitors all the questions that you want to ask you can visit the show as i said anytime 24 hours a day for those five days and once you find the products of your dreams well you just connect with the exhibitor via the chat or request a quote and they'll work with you and if you want you can purchase your camping equipment and your accessories directly from the exhibitors online and so it's just as simple as a click of the button so there you go that's that's going to be your chance i reckon to get and live amongst the gum trees you know you can escape you can get your camper trailer your motorhome your camper van your tent whatever Whatever you want, caravan, oh golly. So if you want to go and live amongst the gum, I think you should. So why don't we have that? Why don't we have amongst the gum trees or home away amongst the gum trees? And I think that'd be good. Hey, here's John Williamson. You enjoy this. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. Gee, it's good to be on the road with you. It is terrific being on the road with you. So there's a good show for you. We're back out there. We're back out there. Here we go. John Williamson's work. 
I've been around the world a couple of times and maybe more. Seen the sights, I've had the lights on every foreign shore. But when my mates all ask me the place that I adore, I tell them right away. What do we tell them? Give me a home among the gum trees with lots of plum trees. A sheep, a two, a kangaroo, a clothesline out the back, veranda out the front, and an old rocking chair. You can see me in the kitchen cooking up a roast of Vegemite on toast. Just you and me, a cup of tea. Later on, we'll settle down and go out on the porch. And watch the possums play. Give me a home among the gum trees, with lots of plum trees. A sheep, a two, a kangaroo, a clothesline out the back, veranda out the front, and an old rocking chair. There's a safe place up the corner, and a woolies down the street, and a brand new place they've opened up, but they regulate the heat. But I trade them all tomorrow for a little bush retreat with a kookaburra's call. Give me a home among the gum trees with lots of plum trees, a sheep, a two, a kangaroo, a clothesline out the back, veranda out the front, and an old rocking chair. Up we go. Some people like their houses with fences all around. Others live in mansions and some beneath the ground. But me, I like the bush, you know, with rabbits running round and a pumpkin vine out the back. This is your turn. Give me a home among the gum trees with lots of plum trees. A sheep, a two, a kangaroo, a clothesline out the back, veranda out the front, and an old rocking chair. Give me a home. Among the gum trees, with lots of plum trees, a sheep, a two, a kangaroo, a clothesline out the back, veranda out the front, and an old rocket chair. Are you John Williamson? He is. We love John Williamson, and, and Phil C had him on a little while ago, so that's just terrific. Now, Ling Pei, Ling Pei is one of our regular listeners. She is so good, and she always, often, sends me in some information, little snippets, and this one was just a beauty. It's about a British fella who spent over a 1,000 hours transforming a jet engine, a jet engine, into a camper trailer so he could take his family on little road trips. So his name's Steve Jones, and he's from England, and Steve worked uh, in, in the... Air Force, if you will, and what he is a technician. And what he did is he spent a thousand hours between January and mid March of this year building this thing. So what he did is he heard that there was a a jet, one of one of the jets, one of the VC tens that was going to be retired, and he had always dreamt of taking one of the engine pods and turning it into a caravan pod. So he's done it. He's done it. It's just terrific. So it's thirteen foot long. It's got a couple of doors with it. It's got a skylight, and he's already got it running around on the highway so it's just just one of those fabulous things so as I said he was a technician so he sort of had a bit of a clue what he was going to do and for a hobby he's been fixing up camper vans and camper trailers for you know some time but he learned through a friend of his that the Royal Air Force were decommissioning a VC-10 and the idea came to him that one of those engines could easily easily after a thousand hours work (laughs) 
<laughs> turned into a trailer. So he thought if ever it went up for sale, he's going to get it. Well, the chance came up. So he, he drove his purchase from the scrapyard to his barn and he saw a lot of people looking at him as he's driving along the road with this jet engine on there. But now everybody's jealous. So he spent about, oh, six, $7,000 renovating the trailer and it wasn't easy. He had to put all the, well, he had to pull all the guts and the wires and the clips and the pipe work out of it. Then he had to flatten the bottom of the engine so it fitted on a chassis. So he built a trailer with a flat bottom and chopped the bottom out out of the out of one part of the jet engine if you will the pod and then that made it fit so he had a flat floor and then he prepared the doors and the windows and the lining of the interior with plywood that was difficult that was the hard part he said because he had to bend all the plywood into shape so that was hard he put a great big glass window in the front where the engine turbine where the turbine blades would normally be that's a big beautiful glass window so he did all that then he put some stretch carpet through so he lined it through with stretch carpeting then he put in a mini kitchen and a sink and twin burners and some cabinets and then he put on a display shelf and things and he installed a lounge and dining areas and those areas turned into a double bed so that's good and then the benches move together that forms a double bed so he, he can sleep so he's got the double bed and then it becomes two twin beds if he wants that as well then the two doors and the skylight they open up obviously to the outside and the larger of the two doors that's just terrific it allows our fresco dining so if you can imagine this big curved engine pod he's carved a big door in there put hinges on it opens out and it just gets the most well depending upon where he's parked <laughs> the most magnificent view so it's it's just terrific so it kept him busy but it's just fabulous so he's Still putting the finishing touches to it. He's going to paint the exterior the same as the original jet. So it'll be white on top, grey on the bottom, a blue line through the centre. And and since he's done this, because he he, <laughs> he went on a, a British TV show, he's had offers of this. He's, he's had offers of something like £25,000, which is getting towards... Forty or forty-five thousand dollars, I think. So you know, there's a quid in it. If you want to do one, maybe there's a quid in it for you as well. So, but for him to have it, he he kept because he he had this dream of having the VC10 pod. So it's a jet. <laughs> it's a jet engine. So you know, Qantas recently uh, they retired their last jumbo and they reenacted where they had a pilot sitting in the jet engine pod where the turbines are because they did that years ago and then they reenacted it before they sent the last jumbo away. Well, that's what this is, except that he's taken the engine part out, the jet part, and he's got all the room in there. It's just it's just terrific. So if you want a hobby, that's a hobby that you can do. I, I reckon that's just a beauty. So what do you reckon? I reckon if you want to slip away in something good, you might as well have a bit of Max Merritt, eh? A bit of Max Merritt slipping away. I think if you're going to slip away with your little jet engine, <laughs> that's just a winner. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. This is so good. Hey, you can find us on what on the road, on the road media, on the road media.com.au, or you can go onto our Facebook, on the road media Australia, on the road media Australia. If you're locking the show, and you'll also find us on Spotify as well, which is on the road media Australia, I think it is. So, anyway, you'll find us on Spotify, on the road media Australia. You'll find the show. It's fabulous. We're, we're, we're really getting a terrific bunch of people. We're on 634. If you're on the vast network, if you're on satellite, and you're touring around Australia and you've got Vast, then we're on Channel 634. So you can find us all over the place. We're national. It's just terrific. So here we go. You're going to enjoy this. Slip it away with Max Merritt. Go and enjoy it. Hey, I'm Scott Gibbons. It's great being with you.
just can't help but feeling Someone else is stealing you away from me I see it written in your eyes And you confirm it with your lies Though the web you weave can hold me I would rather that you told me Where you want to be Oh, you're slipping away from me Slipping away from me And it's breaking me in two Watching you slipping away Baby, I've been watching you Baby, I've been watching you Watching everything And I just can't help but feeling Someone else is stealing you away from me I see it written in your eyes And you confirm it with your lies Though the web you weave can hold me I would rather that you told me where you wanna be. Oh, you're slipping away from me. Oh, you're slipping away from me, and it's breaking me in two. Watching you slipping away. And it's breaking me into Watching you slipping away And it's breaking me into Watching you slipping away
I do love bringing you Aussie music. I do. I think so many places just play everybody's music. But we love Aussie music, don't we? We do. And there's so many good bands that we've got. Now, when we're speaking of good, then we want to eat well as well, don't we? We want to eat well when we're out on the road. So what about a camp omelette? You know, an omelette you can cook. You can cook at home. You can cook it when you're camping. Do whatever you do. Now, if you've got your pencil handy, your piece of chalk, an old bit of crayon, whatever you've got, I'll give you this because it's nice and easy. So it's going to serve four to six of you. So you take eight large eggs, half a cup of light cream, half to one cup of shredded cheese, so you can have cheddar or tasty or whatever you want, a cup of cooked ham, chopped up, chop, 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 two to four spring onions, nice and done, and then you've got some salt and pepper. And then all you do, so your prep time on that is not long. It's about five minutes. Now, you're going to cook it for about 25 minutes, maybe 30. That's depending upon you. Then preheat your oven or your camp oven, and it's going to be about 200 degrees C, and then you're going to grease a, a square dish or a, a deep dish, whatever you've got. And then into a large bowl, you just whisk the eggs and the milk and the cream, and then you add the remaining ingredients and you stir it all in until it's well mixed. And then you just pour the ingredients into your prepared baking dish and you place it on a hot oven and then you bake it for about 25 minutes or till it's golden brown and cooked all the right through. And that's lovely. And if it's for an evening meal, then you can just put a, a simple salad with it, some fresh bread. And that's nice and easy. So Club 4x4 brought us that. I think that's just terrific of them. That's just a, a little beauty. So I'll give you that again. It's eight large eggs, half a cup of light cream, half to a cup of shredded cheese or tasty cheese or cheddar cheese, whatever you want, uh, a cup of cooked ham, uh, some onions, and then some salt and pepper. That's up to you because you're going to do that to taste. And then you're going to mix that all up. So you're going to cook it. It's going to take about 25 minutes. Preheat your oven or your camp oven. And that's around about 200 degrees C. Uh, grease your pan. Have the, your baking dish and everything already done. And then in a large bowl, you just whisk the eggs, your milk and your cream together. Mix, mix, mix. Then add your other ingredients, like stir them until they're well mixed. Pour the ingredients into the prepared baking dish and place it in your hot oven for about 25 minutes till it's golden brown, it's cooked all the right through. And Ah, oh, yummy, yummy, yummy. I think you're going to enjoy it. Now, everybody says, I just want a simple omelette. Simple, 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 simple. So if you just, if you add about a tablespoon of cool water to two eggs, so this is just a normal, traditional, easy omelette, tablespoon of water, uh, cool water to a couple of eggs, and that'll help make the omelette fluffy. Fluffy, fluffy, fluffy. And then you use the fork to, to whisk that up. So whisk, whisk, whisk. And then you melt a small knob of butter into your pan before adding the omelette mix. So you use a non-stick pan, that's preferable, and, and one that's the right size, so about 18 to 25 centimetres. If you use a pan that's too big, then your omelette's going to spread out too much and it won't be high and it won't be fluffy. But still be yummy, still be yummy. So make sure your pan's hot. 
before you add the omelette mix and then cook it over medium heat, medium, medium. Then keep it gently moving and the cooked portion of the eggs towards the centre. And then you can tilt the pan so the uncooked egg mixture runs underneath and around the edges. And then you cook until it's golden brown on the bottom. And then the top should be a little bit soft and wet so the, the eggs will finish cooking under their own steam basically. But while the bottom's being done and, and the top's there, you just add some grated cheese if you wish to add some grated cheese. Uh, and you might want to add some other things to it as well. So if you've got some some pre-cooked, uh, maybe some onions, some ham, uh, mushrooms, tomatoes, whatever you want, uh, then you, you just do that. Add those on top, and, and they're already sautéed and, and moved. So you then just flip over the top of the omelette and set the side, and it's just going to be yummo. But the, the secret is about a tablespoon of cool water to the two eggs so that you get a nice, fluffy, texture i think that's just terrific now what about a little bit of etiquette a little bit of etiquette now lads caravans gave us this and it's the top tips for four by four convoy etiquette so we, we often head away on trips don't we and then convoy etiquette's one of those things that if you discuss it before the group leaves so you just have a meeting and you say here's what we're going to do everyone has to stay so far behind don't jam up and You've got to have a way of communicating. So everybody should have their UHF radio. Everyone should have their UHF radio. Now, if somebody's UHF radio goes on the blink, then you put them in the middle. So Tail and Charlie can keep an eye on them. The leader's up the front. And anybody else, they're keeping an eye on them as well. But at least, you know, the Tail and Charlie's got them in his sight. So that's good. But you've got to have a leader. You've got to have a point person, someone who will dictate the speed, uh, knows the route that they're going to go, and generally carries the responsibility of the group. So they're doing the navigating and the comms, and they've got that all sorted and so that no one ends up hopelessly lost. But your tail end, Charlie, that's the vehicle that's right at the end of your fleet. That's the, They've got such good responsibility because they've got to come through and make sure that everybody did make it. They've got to make sure that everybody made it. So marking the corners is one of the important things. So when you come to an intersection... Somebody doesn't know whether you've gone left or right because they're too far behind. So you, the vehicle that's in front of them stops at that intersection, puts their blinker on, waits until they're in sight and waits until they also put the blinker on so that the car in front knows that the car behind knows which way the car in front's going to go. So if there's a direction change, everybody's fine. So I know everybody gets excited. You're excited when you go out with a group, but if you follow the pattern, you follow the, the trip etiquette, oh, it makes it so much easier. And then you give a bit of room. So on the harder trails, especially when you've got to climb, you're climbing up, you give the vehicle in front of you a bit of space. Give them a little bit of space because the last thing they want is to be um, coming up to a corner and they're going to have to negotiate it and somebody's got their ball bar just about on the back of their bumper bar. So don't do that allow that everybody has to have that courtesy space so that nobody feels jammed and crammed. Because if, if they happen to miscalculate that corner or the corner's too tough and they've got to reverse, you're only reversing one vehicle. You don't have to reverse a whole fleet of them. So very, very important. So leave that little bit of room. because that's And the same thing with water crossings and muddy holes and all of those things. It's better to have one vehicle go through and get stuck than everybody get stuck and then <laughs> you're stuck. So <laughs> nice and easy. Same thing with the transport stages. Don't have everybody uh, on everyone's bumper bar. Lots of space so that nobody's eating the dust in front of you. That's important. Make sure this is the golden rule. Golden rule. 
that you shut the gate. So if the lead vehicle goes through and opens the gate, then make sure that tail end Charlie shuts the gate. Has to be, and everybody should pass that call all the way through, tail end Charlie has to confirm he's got the call and that he's in fact shut the gate because that's the most important thing for our, our bush cousins. So, and then the most, most important thing for us is to have fun. We've got to have fun. That, that's the whole thing. So we've got to make it easy, haven't we? We've got to make it easy. Whether you're making the omelette, uh, whether you're going four-wheel driving, whatever you do, you just got to make it as easy as can be. And I think that's what the Easy Beats do for us, don't they? They make things as easy as can be. Hey, we're on the road. The show is called On The Road. If you want to find out more, you go to On The Road Media. .com.au. I'm Scott Gibbons. Hey, here's the easy beats for you. Yeah, easy as can be. The easy beats, always favourites, always favourites. Now, we're coming into, we're in winter now, so you're going to come into summer and you're going to think, what can we do? And as if COVID thing, if it goes, if it disappears, then maybe you're going to get down to the snowy because the alpine regions of our country, I read about this in Camper Mate, nice, nice, nice report. But the alpine regions of the country, they've got an altogether 
different appeal to the other landscapes and experiences on offer throughout Australia. So they provide you with a, a multitude of adventures that you can go on. And some of them are just terrific. So if, if you're a little bit adventurous, if you're a little bit fit, if you want to have a go at different things, then this might be the thing for you because it's just... So what can you do down the Snowy Mountains? Well, there's normal things. You've got the fishing and the canoeing. But you can do mountain biking. You've got terrific walks and there's so much more that you can do. And there's some fabulous things. Of course, you can do as little as you like. You can just sit there and breathe in the mountain air and and absorb and read and just relax. And that would be beautiful. But if you're a little bit of a an energy buff, then you might want to get out there super early in the morning, get that real brisk mountain air. You might want to do kayaking. So there's a 20-kilometre kayak ride that you could do down through the snowy river and and that can be escorted so you you can you know hire the kayaks uh, have an escort with you do all of that and you know however many is in your group that you'll be guided down and you will learn about the landscape and you'll learn about everything that goes in with that part of the river so that would be terrific but one of the other things you could do is river sledding River sledding. So (laughs) what you do is it involves taking like an inflatable sled, which is a lilo, if you will, a lilo. made of really tough material. Uh, You'll put on a wetsuit, you'll put on a crash helmet, and then you navigate down the river. Now, it's in the upper reaches of the river, so you're in really cold water. So that explains why you're wearing a wetsuit. But you actually warm up pretty fast in the sun. You'll do some bouncing off rocks. You'll push yourself through gullies. You'll negotiate rapids. And it is pretty physical, but if you kind of like whitewater rafting, but you're doing it on a big, like a boogie board, if you will. So some of the some of the bruises that you might get, well, they're stories in themselves, aren't they? Like they're souvenirs that you haven't had to go and buy. You just get them for nothing. You can hike Kosciuszko. That would be a good thing to do. So if you want to hike Kosciuszko, that's about a 14-kilometre round trip. It's very pretty. I've done it. It's pretty. So you've got alpine flowers, you've got uh, little small streams that crisscross their way through, you've got little walkways that are there. You've got to be, it's really, really nice. You're just going to have a, it's a beautiful feeling. At times you'll have the entire track, you'll think, oh, we're the only ones on here, and then you'll meet another group, and it's just pretty. So you you can stop, uh, take some sandwiches with you if you want, make sure you take some drinks, you know, some some water especially. But, you know, you can stop, have a little picnic, enjoy yourselves, take your rubbish with you. But the views, oh, stunning. And you're on top of the world, and you're about at the highest part of Australia. So you can see forever. That's the way you feel. So it's a nice walk, it's a decent walk. So, you know, kids can do it, but, you know, you would want to make sure that they're not little toddlers. They'd want to be 9, 10, 11, 12, something like that. And also they've got to be fairly fit along with yourself. Uh, And then if you want to, you can maybe uh, catch a a chairlift back down. So that might be something you want to do. But when you talk about chairlifts, then you want to talk about mountain biking. So if you head up a mountain and you you want to ride down it, Threadbow, oh, that's got some terrific things that you can do. So you can hire bikes and then do the the Threadbow to Crackenback ride. So you can hire bikes. It's about a 20-kilometre downhill run uh, on a single track. It's got some fairly technical switchback areas and it it has some some butte views, some butte vistas, and you'll feel fit. You've got rivers, you've got campground. It's just... It's just lovely. So the, the Threadbow Mountain Trail, it's one of many that you can do in the area. There's, you've got riders on bikes. And what happens is that you can take your bike on the back of the ski lifts. So you, you choose which run you're going to do, put your bike on the back of the ski lift, 
that ski lift takes you up the mountain, take your bike off, and then you've got the ride down. And that's just, just terrific. So you can stay in Threadbow if you want to. You can take your caravan, do whatever you want to do there. But if you want to stay in Threadbow, that would be lovely. Uh, Lake Jindabyne's fabulous. You've got so many things to do. So you can experience the bush. You can experience fresh air. And it's just going to be something a little bit different. I think that's that's something that, that we can all look forward to, I would reckon. I think you're going to have a, a butte time doing that. So there you go. You can go down to Snowy and do some butte. Now, if you haven't done the Snowy Drive, it's a lovely drive. It's a lo- And you've got some beautiful areas down there. But I think it's one of the places of Australia, it doesn't matter where you go, you can see stuff. Like you can see interesting things. The bird life down there, uh, it's just lovely. So if you're going to do that, I think it's uh, you're going to go all the way. as we said, is about the highest point in Australia. So as they say, it's a long way to the top. If you're going to have a long way to the top, you've got to do it with Billy Thorpe. So here's Billy Thorpe, long way to the top. You enjoy that. I think we're having a great time, aren't we? We're having a great time. It's good being with you each and every week. Okay, here we go. Billy Thorpe, long way to the top. You spent it on our records, you spent it on our concerts, you kept us alive, you've always been in our hearts, and we salute you, okay? It's never been taken for granted.
Oh, it's fabulous being with you now. Where are we going to go next? Somewhere I haven't been. I don't know whether you've been there. And if you have, I'm already jealous that we're talking about the Arnhem region. Arnhem Land. Oh, my golly. It covers an area of 33,000 square kilometres. It's in the northeast corner of the Northern Territory. So it's a, a subsection of 100,000 square kilometres of the Arnhem Land region. So it's the Gove Peninsula, the main location in the region with the town of Nullanby as its centre. Nullanby, N-H-U-L-U-N-B-U-Y, Nullanby. It's got a range of services. There's a supermarket there. There's a hospital. There's a petrol station. There's a, oh, there's a couple of clubs, I think. There's some accommodation. But the main place to stay in Nullanby is... If you're camping, that is. It's the Walkabout Lodge, which has 12 powered sites. And the Gove Boat Club is developing another camping area. And they might have facilities for you sometime in the near future. So what are you going to take with you? Well, you can stock up at Nullumbai. But you really only need to take a few days worth of supplies for the trip along the central Arnhem Road. You'll carry the, the basic repair and recovery equipment, of course. Particularly if you're going into the more remote areas, such as Cape Arnhem. You will need you will need a good quality air compressor because you're going to be using it. You're going to be using your air compressor, and I would suggest you get some tyre deflators as well, because there's lots of sand driving up that way. So the standard of the road, well, the road's unsealed. It, it's unsealed. The conditions are dependent upon when the grader last visited, and so you can expect some rough sections and corrugations and washouts and some shallow river crossings. So uh, the restrictions are that you need permits are required for travelling to Gove Peninsula and for camping in the region. So you need permits. So the permit comes for the central Arnhem Road that can be obtained from the Northern Land Council. Northern Land Council. And that's free. By golly, that's free. Now, permits for travelling and camping in the Gove Peninsula can be obtained from the Dimaru Aboriginal Corporation. Dimaru, D-H-I-M-U-R-R-U, D for D for donkey, H-I-M-U-R-R-U, Aboriginal Corporation. Now, there's two types of permits. There's the general and the special permit. Now, their website is quite good. And if you organise through them and you plan your visit ahead, then you're probably going to be just as right as rain. Now, caravans, obviously, obviously, are not recommended in the central Arnhem Road and definitely not allowed in the camping areas covered by the Gove General Permit. Camper trailers are not permitted on Cape Arnhem. But you've got some beautiful attractions. You've got fishing. Oh, the fishing. <laughs> and the scenery, spectacular. And there's plenty of four-wheel drive tracks to explore and there's some secluded beaches to relax on and there's some great camping options at the nearby recreational areas. And the art, oh, the art at, at Yakala, Yakala is Y-I-R-R-K-A-L-A, Yakala. It's one of the best Aboriginal art centres in Australia. So definitely, if you're going to make a plan, then you've got to make a plan to go there. And while in Nullumbar, you've got to visit the Gove Boat club and the surf club for a meal or a bit of a drink, that, that should be worth your while. Best time to travel? Well, that's during the dry season. So that's April to September. But the central Arnhem Road's generally open most of the year. So you've just got to check the track conditions before you venture to the Gove Peninsula. But I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of addresses now. So you might want to write these down if you've got your, your pencil handy. The Dimaru D-H-I-M-U-R-R-U, Aboriginal Corporation. That's D, 
H. So this is the website now, dhimuwru.com.au. The Northern Land Council. This one's easy, NLC, that's <laughs> in Northern Land Council, nlc.org.au. And the Walkabout Lodge, what a great name, eh? Walkabout Lodge is walkaboutlodge.com.au. <laughs> I reckon that's just, that's got to be one of the things that you've, you've got to put on your list. If you don't mind camping and doing things, because it's an amazing destination. Now, you can only get there by four-wheel drive. And, and East Arnhem is one of the very, very best places. The water up there is Asia Blue, A-Z-U-R-E, Asia Blue Waters, or Azure, Azure if you prefer. <laughs> and that's uh, that's the blue waters of the Arafura Sea, and you've got, oh, the red sand, the red sand and the tropical greenery and fabulous weather. So it's just picture perfect. It's just picture, picture perfect. So um, if you want to go there, I think, oh, hey, we've got to stay in Australia, so why don't we see the parts we haven't seen? So the main section of East Arnhem is called the Gove Peninsula, and that's where the town of Nullumbai is. That's its centre, and that'll be your first port of call to the area, and as part of the conditions for entering Arnhem Land, you do have to spend at least one night in Nullumbai. So it's not an issue. There's plenty to do in the town. You've got the fishing. You've got the bird watching. You can relax at the clubs. You can. There's so many things. But the Gove Boat Club, they reckon the lunch or dinner there is just fantastic. And, of course, the outlook from there is wonderful. And sunsets, oh, the sunsets. If you're a sunset freak like I am, whoa, you're going to be happy, happy, happy. So there you go. You've got some things to do there. You've got some things to do. And, and you've got so much more. So don't forget the requirement of the permit is that you specify accommodation at Nullumbai. Uh, so if you're camping, that'll be at the Walkabout Lodge. And it's only um, the, it's the only place that offers campsites. So it pays to book at least one night at the lodge ahead of time because there's limited spaces and it does fill up quickly. And allow two days to get to Nullumbai because there's, there's one designated camping area. That's the main roof store, which is around 200k from the Stewart Highway. So the store's a good place to stop. So there you go. That is just terrific. I reckon we should, if we're going to go up to Arnhem Land, we've got to have the song of Arnhem Land. I Look, I haven't heard this one before I found it for you. And it's called Song of Arnhem Land. Now, it's got a beautiful, beautiful melody. Yothu Yindi did it. Remember Yothu Yindi? Oh, now this came off their Genesis Project EP. Yothu Yindi, just terrific. But the melody in this, the melody, the, oh, gentle, gentle, gentle. So if you're driving... Uh, lower the window because this is so beautiful it might even put you to sleep. It's lovely. You'll enjoy it. And we'll be back with you in just a little while, but I want you to just soak this song in. It's lovely. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. We're on the road with you every week. Love being with you. So if you've got a caravan, a motorhome, a camper trailer, a tent, a fifth wheeler, whatever you've got, oh, by golly, we love talking to you and helping you get all the good gear. So we'll be back with you in just a little while. And here we go. Yothi Yindi.
hear me talk about checklists uh, if you're a regular of course and if you're not then you've got to become one <laughs> so checklists are just terrific it saves you having to remember stuff you've got to remember where you put your checklist of course but you can have a checklist for that i guess but one of the things you've got to remember is with, with your checklist is to put in all the little things that you'd think you don't really need to remember one of those may be just winding down your tv antenna because the tv antenna is connected to your roof so, yes, you might drive under a tree and, yes, you might wipe your antenna out, but you're probably going to do some damage to your roof as well and then 
you know, you're going to get dust in, you might get rain in, you've got to put it in to get it repaired. It's just nasty. So for the sake of a little list, it could be worthwhile. Just That's just your TV antenna. So one of the things to do is to do a walk around before you leave. So you walk around your whole vehicle and you walk around at whatever you're towing. You know, it could be your tent. You're not going to tow your tent, of course, but, you know, it could be your tent, your fifth wheeler, your caravan, your motorhome, whatever, your camper trailer. So you have a walk around just to make sure. Now, one of the things that I do is everything that I have, I put a, a bright bit of yellow tape around it. So I know, A, that it's mine, and it's much easier to see because most tools are either black or silver, and, and you know, you might not see them. So I put a big piece of... Now, you might use day-glow green or day-glow pink or day-glow red or whatever it be, but at least you've got a better chance of seeing something. So all your tent pegs are coloured. Everything's got something bright on it so you actually see them. So that, that's just a little hint from me. But I, I was reading recently where a fella, uh, he nearly lost his TV antenna. So what he did is he went and just bought a, a $2 stretchy key ring and he puts that over over his steering wheel so he knows not to drive away without and that's his little memory tickler he knows not to drive away without checking that he's taken down his tv antenna very very clever very clever just a little memory jogger so i I reckon that's clever now one of the other things to do is if you've got a winch is is to make sure that you do maintain your winch and i was looking at unsealed four by four recently they were talking about your winch so you get a bit of rain uh, you, you might get a bit of muck, you might, anything happens, but quite often what they're saying is that you buy your new car and you do get it serviced. You buy your new winch and you don't service it. They don't know why. So you've got to look at, you don't need to do a full strip down necessarily, but what you've got to do is some quick maintenance that you should perform every couple of months. So especially after rain, especially if you've done a few creek crossings or you've done a big trip or you've got a big trip coming up, whatever you do. So all you've got to do, and it's pretty simple, uh, is, is to make sure that you you actually use it. So the way you use it is, is to take your vehicle and if you've got your tree protector, find a tree and put your tree protector around it and just winch yourself in. So you, you let it run out and then you winch yourself in. Now make sure that you leave your engine running So because the winch pulls a lot of charge out of your battery so leave it running so everything's good you've got a good battery and and so that's going to get the oil moving around it's going to make it all better so with your winch the electric motor on the front it, it can take in water it can take in moisture whether from rain or your creek crossings like we mentioned or even humid weather and that moisture can lead to corrosion rather quickly if it's not taken care of so depending upon the brand of winch you've got your manual might say anything from perform winch maintenance every month uh, to the winch is completely sealed and never needs to be maintained. Now, one of those is right and one's wrong. So the case in point is some of the most trusted and most expensive winches in the world, they suggest you perform maintenance on them at least every couple of months. So, you know, unsealed 4x4, they're saying the same thing. And I think that's clever. So all you do is if you want to do it, as I say, go out and find a tree and, and you want to have a look at your battery terminals firstly to make sure that your battery terminals are clean. So because they're connected, you know, your battery terminal is the most important thing or your battery is the most important thing. So ensure they're tight, ensure they're free of corrosion and then you should follow those main cables down to your control box ensuring they're not contacting or rubbing on any part of your body or your chassis everything's well secured and then to ensure that the cables from your control box to the winch motor casing are also clean corrosion free 
and they're remaining tightly connected to the terminals of your winch housing. And from there, you'll want to engage and disengage the clutch on the gearbox uh, and then enduring, uh, ensuring that your um, it engages and disengages freely and smoothly and that you've got, you, you have a good inspection of it. And then make sure that it runs out and runs it back again. So you can start off just connecting your tree trunk protector to a tree and then attaching that to, you know, to your winch and then engaging and letting it run out, run back a couple of times because that's important. Now, the other thing is if you've got a brand new winch, do this anyway, because when your winch comes from the factory, the rope, whether it be steel or, or whether it be uh, man-made, uh, it's, not, it's not put on there tightly. So if the first time that you need to use your winch, you use it in anger, it's likely that you could wedge some of your cable between some of the looser portions of that cable. So um, that's not clever. So what you've got to do is, is spool your rope on nice and tight. So when you do need to use it in anger, it's there, it's ready, it's not going to bind. Uh, so there's a little hint for you. I think, I think that's a clever thing to do. So sometimes people think, well, I've got a winch and she'll be right. Well, <laughs> it's not always she'll be right. You can't depend on that, but you can depend on Slim Dusty to sing it to us. So here's Slim Dusty, she'll be right. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. Great being on the road with you. If you want to go to our website, it's on the road media dot com dot au on the road media dot com dot au you'll find us on spotify and if you want to go to our facebook and like that it's on the road media australia on the road media australia so there you go so here's slim dusty should be right and i'll see you next week we've uh, been a good show i reckon been a good show and i hope you've really liked the music because we get so many good feedback comments that you're liking the music so we always try and play aussie music here we go you have a great week and we'll be back with you real soon next week see ya as the sun rose over Newport that day in 83 The boxing kangaroo had found a place in history The wonder from down under had won that famous mug And here's the song we sang along in every Aussie pub She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight When your back's to the wall just give your all each morning, noon and night She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Australia's own Jack Brabham, racing was his game A mighty man behind the wheel, a legend he became He won it once, he won it twice, but he kept going back Three times a champion of the world, good on your mate Sir Jack She'll be right, mate, she'll be right just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight When your back's to the wall just give your all each morning, noon and night She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Now Captain Alan Border, Australian of the year He took our team to victory, mate, and kept the ashes here Following in the footsteps, tradition of the dawn Eleven blokes who give their most, but that you can't go wrong Cause she'll be right, mate, she'll be right Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight When your back's to the wall, just give your all each morning, noon and night She'll be right, mate, she'll be right Now all you Aussie battlers, when you feel you've had enough Things are never going right and life's a little rough just get out there and try again and back yourself for first The Aussies always do their best when things are at their worst She'll be right, mate, she'll be right 
Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight When your back's to the wall, just give your all Each morning, noon and night, she'll be right, mate She'll be right once again She'll be right, mate She'll be right Just remember that you're an Aussie and you'll never give up the fight When your back's to the wall, just give your all Each morning, noon and night, she'll be right, mate She'll be right, that's right